You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin. He's a writer for the SportsDaily.com and Cheesehead TV, and I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Try the text at 231-714-4195. You can send in questions, comments for the show. Uh, we'd love to hear from you there. Again, that's 231-714-4195. Well, it was a sad defeat for Packer fans and perhaps even a sadder defeat for the fans out there who thought, you know, and were rooting for Gil to overtake me again in our points game because <laughs> he didn't quite manage to do it. I, I still have a my lead over him slimmed. But it's still three points. I'm I'm coming for you, man. I'm coming for you. Oh boy. Well, this is going to be an interesting matchup that is different from last week in one major way, and that is that last week we were pretty adamant. I, I think uh, rightly so in saying that the Packers Vikings game was going to be a lot more about the Packers and their ability to overcome uh, adversity than it was anything that the Vikings could throw at them. And I think that statement does not apply as much this week to the Rams, because I think the Rams do have a lot of talent, a lot of ways to hurt you that I, I, I think you could make an argument um some weeks that, that the Rams are maybe the better team over the Packers. Uh, certainly in, in some key matchup areas have advantages over the Packers that Green Bay really does have to overcome. And it's not just about overcoming your own personal demons in the way that we really felt it was last week. And, and again, I think that really was true. All credit to the Vikings for having a good, a good day and pulling the win out. But you couldn't deny that the Packers really could not get out of their own way all day long, whether it was the uh, offense struggling early on, the defense just absolutely cratering for the whole day. A lot of the of the damage last week was self-inflicted, and that was something that we were really concerned about. Yeah, it was. And man, those penalties, those penalties drove me nuts. How many second and uh, 15s and first and 20s did we have? in that game as a result of taking bad penalties, careless penalties, untimely penalties. Uh, and yet the offense still managed to to put up 31 points. And, and in the second half, especially, they were almost impossible to stop. Yeah, I was really encouraged by what we saw out of the offense. Even after Elton Jenkins went down, the offense, I think, was still effective. Um and it was nice to see them get some success in the passing game, which we really haven't seen for a while. I'm still I'm, I'm growing increasingly frustrated with the lack of running the ball and obviously losing our best offensive lineman here is 
tragic. I don't I don't want to uh, despair too much, but the guys we have, the five offensive linemen we have out there are going to be our starting five for a while, uh, provided none of them go down with injury. <laughs> I don't think help is coming um, anytime soon. Bakhtiari sounds like he is at minimum three plus weeks out. No indication at all that Josh Myers has any kind of a timetable for return. No. This is it. This is who your Green Bay Packers are. The Green Bay Packers are not the guys on IR. It's the guys on the field. So if we can get Bakhtiari back at some point, that would be fantastic. But right now, Bakhtiari is not our left tackle. Yash Nyman is. So Mm -hmm. they have to step up. Um, And... I, I, I've wondered to myself throughout the week, like when was the last time the Packers offensive line was this bad? Just in terms of, I mean, we have, you you could say we only have two starters out there anymore. Uh, and, and I think John running is not playing at the, at the position that they want him at ideally either. The guys who are out there are not even just second stringers. They're third stringers in a couple spots. So it's, it is a little bit dire, and the Rams D line that we're going up against uh, ha- absolutely has enough talent to make life hell on even a healthy Packers offensive line with uh, with their their best guys who are currently on IR playing. It, it's tough to do it, it, this, this right now, but you know what? Here here's the thing, and I've noticed this throughout the season because we had three games where Nyman was starting at left tackle, and we won all three of them. Not having an important piece of the puzzle, whether it's your starting left tackle, your top three receivers, one of your top running backs, it tends to make Matt LaFleur work harder and be smarter about his game plans and the way he does Mm, things. And this team finds a way. This team all season has been overcoming injuries. The only thing you got to hope is that this is not the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. That's an excellent point. Um, Something else to ponder as we wrap up our what went wrong last week. Gil, in your opinion, do you consider uh, starting J.J. Molson at kicker over Mason Crosby at this point? Because Crosby and the rest of the field goal unit all working together have missed an extraordinary number of kicks. It's an extraordinary percentage. It's well over half of their kicks um, this season. And, you know, you got to face the fact that uh, we lost this game by three points and there was a missed field goal in it. Yeah, I, I I'm not there yet. I, I, I am not there yet. I think it, it is partially psychological for Mason Crosby. I still think there's issues with the long snapper and the holder. And I think that changing kickers at this point wouldn't solve those issues. It might change the, you know, the, the mental outlook of the kicker, but I don't think it changes the, the problems with the long snapper and the holder. And you know, to me, Matt LaFleur made it clear the team is not considering doing that. And we have to, you know, we have to roll with Mason Crosby. Will he be back next year? 
I'm tending to doubt it more and more each week. But I think this year we're going to have to sink or swim with Mason Crosby. All right, very fair. I, th- I think that's about where I'm at as well. Uh, but it's a question that we did need to answer. All right. Mm-hmm. Opening arguments. Uh, Mr. Martin, will you please take the stand and make the case for why the Los Angeles Rams will win this game? Two key matchups that I think sort of come to mind from a Rams perspective. Number one, we talked about already the Packers offensive line being a little shorthanded. And I like my pass rush if I'm the Los Angeles Rams coaching staff. You've got a lot of talented guys up there. You've got Von Miller, uh, Aaron Donald, one of the best interior rushers in the game, if not the best. Uh, And, you know, we still haven't mentioned Leonard Floyd, who happens to actually lead the team in sacks so far. I think I can get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And then on the other side of the ball, I love my receiving core. I love my passing offense. And the Packers secondary was very vulnerable last week and still doesn't have Jair Alexander back. So uh, to me, those are the two big areas where as a Rams coach or a Rams player, I think I've got some big advantages to exploit. And uh, to make the case for the Green Bay Packers, myself, Mr. J.J. Leahy, Look, the, the Packers have a familiarity advantage with the Rams that I don't think L.A. can capitalize on this on in the same way. You think about, number one, uh, the Packers played and soundly beat the Rams in the playoffs last year. They had a good game plan for uh, a lot of the same playmakers that were concerned about this time around. You think about Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, uh, Andrew Whitworth, Cooper Cup. Uh, These guys were there last year and the game plan they had for them was quite good. There are familiarities uh, with Joe Barry and his knowledge of the Rams defense, you know, he was their linebackers coach last year. And by the way, I'll point out their linebackers this year, not good since Joe Barry left. In addition, a lot of the rest of their defense, I think is quite suspect and not as good as it was last year. So to me, a lot of this matchup does come down to stopping the Rams offense And our head coach, Matt LaFleur, is intimately familiar with Sean McVay's um, scheme and how he likes to use his guys and and what ways he uh, likes to prepare them. And although the Packers uh, defense had a horrific game last week, uh, mostly the secondary, um, they have shown for over the course of the rest of this season that they are absolutely talented enough to shut down the Rams passing attack. They've done so against uh, extremely good passing attacks prior to the Vikings, especially you look at uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They were able to limit quite effectively. So I think the Packers have enough tools to get the job done. And I still think that they have that grit and um, uh, mental fortitude factor to push through. Ready to get into these matchups, Mr. Martin? Always ready. All right, obviously the biggest guy that you got to worry about uh, in terms of offense 
is Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. He's been playing extremely well. I believe he leads the league in receiving touchdowns so far this year. Uh, he grades out on PFF as the third best wide receiver. I will note Devonte Adams is the first best wide receiver. Um, you know, and it doesn't hurt that the guy thrown in the ball, Matt Stafford is quite talented as well. You know, that's actually something I forgot to mention in my case for the Packers is I think the Packers are maybe uniquely suited to be less afraid of the Rams than a lot of other teams around the league, because they're very familiar with Matt Stafford. Our defense is very familiar with how to shut Stafford down. And just because he has a lot better pieces around him this year, well, a lot of those pieces are guys that we shut down last year with Jared Goff under center. So is the math different this time around? Absolutely. But I don't think the Packers are walking into this scared, uh, even though a lot of other teams, I think, uh, do play the Rams scared. Cooper. Yeah, Cup, they, they do. They do. And yeah, you know, I, I think Stafford, it's interesting. Stafford has a history of putting up some really good games against the Packers, but still not winning. And then, you know, also struggling in other games. So it's uh, it's a crazy, crazy situation. I, I, I think the Packers are in his head a little bit. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, the team from L.A., uh, talented as it is, first of all, you know, how are they going to handle the cold weather? I mean, I, I know Matthew Stafford is kind of used to it, even though they played indoors. But a, a lot of members of this team are not. And it's going to be supposed to it's supposed to be in the 30s, according to the weather forecast. I think that'll have an effect. I, I, I think the fact that you've got, you know, the two coaches very familiar with each other. Joe Barry, very familiar with the Rams personnel as well, although it works both ways. The Rams are going to be very familiar with what Joe Barry is trying to do. I, I love sort of the, the the coaching matchups and some of the player matchups in this game where there's a lot of overlap and history there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I like the point you made about the uh, cold weather. It's supposed to be low 30s. Matt LaFleur said he's quite excited about that. We remember well what happened when the uh, high-flying Tennessee Titans that everybody was terrified about last year came to town. And it was cold. It was about this time of year. And the the, uh, the Titans played about a quarter and then they were done. They tucked their tail between their legs and they wanted to go home. Yeah. Uh, it would be nice if uh, the Rams were also similarly affected. I'll just say this, by the way, if the Packers can pull out a win here, I will have utmost confidence in them going to the playoffs because this, this is a really a playoff type game. Uh, two top teams in the conference and the Packers are really banged up. I mean, they're limping into the bye. And th- this is kind of a high stakes game. And I, th- I think, you know, w- one of the reasons it's kind of important. First of all, the Rams are coming off two straight losses and then a bye week. They just rested last week. They haven't played in two weeks. Right. Math is really in their favor. Uh, the Packers, meanwhile, have never lost back to back games. Uh, regular season games uh, under Matt LaFleur. Um, This does feel a little bit like one of those games where a lot of people are going to write the Packers off. 
and then they come out swinging from you know the the moment the uh, opening buzzer sounds. Yeah, I I think you know. Look, the Packers psychologically, I think they feed off when uh, other teams or experts or so, so-called experts write them off, and you know this team believes in itself. Again, big challenge now without both Bakhtiari and Jenkins at left tackle. That is going to be uh, difficult. And then you add, you know, the fact that Aaron Rodgers is dealing with his COVID toe situation. Uh, but I, I, I get the feeling the Packers will find a way. I, I really do. Looking at the uh, guys on the offensive line. I, actually, I guess we forgot to mention one of the challenges with Cooper Cup is that he plays an extraordinary number of his um, snaps out of snaps out of the slot. Um, maybe Kevin King is the guy covering him. Maybe it's uh, Channon Sullivan. Uh, he's it's tricky because Cup really is the guy you have to watch out for. Uh, Odell and Van Jefferson are both there. Neither is playing particularly well this year. Uh, the Packers are fortunate in that they're not playing against Robert Woods this year. And I do oh. think that the Packers, by the way, you know, we saw that they didn't place uh, an extraordinary value on Odell when he was in free agency a couple weeks ago. Um, to me, that says that they saw stuff, you know, in his tape that they were, they felt were quite exploitable and and maybe not, uh, super scary the way that a lot of the media hypes Odell up to be these days. Still, yeah, I think yet you combine that with some of his off the field issues as far as whether he's a good teammate, team player, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think the Packers valued him appropriately given the circumstances. The Rams' offensive line, it, actually both of their lines, are a big problem for the Packers here. First and foremost, left tackle Andrew Whitworth is a monster. He is miles better than any of the offensive linemen the Packers currently have. In fact, you could almost say that about everybody on their offensive line if you leave off their left guard, uh, David Edwards, who is uh, you know about a Billy Turner level. Good, but not uh, superstar elite. The, the other four guys are, I would say, Crazy good. Rob Havenstein is their right tackle. He's also really good across the board. All five of these guys, uh, actually four of these guys, not center. Brian Allen are very, very good pass blockers. Brian Allen's pass blocking is a bit of an issue. So on those passing downs, maybe Kenny Clark can get home through the middle, uh, run blocking. These guys are all good at it, but not quite as good as pass blocking. And Daryl Henderson their uh, lead running back has been battling injuries for quite a while. It seems like he's mostly back up to speed at this point. Very good runner. But one thing that is nice is you don't really have to worry about him in the receiving game. He is not a good receiver at all. No, not a quality receiver. And and the other thing is that the, uh, the Rams don't run the ball a lot. Uh, you know, Daryl Henderson, good runner, averaging 4.7 yards a carry, but not a home run threat uh, necessarily hasn't had a run longer than 29 yards all season. And just overall, this is definitely a pass heavy offense. They're not the kind of team that's going to grind it out on you and try to control the clock by running the ball, you know, 
50 or more percent of the time. Yeah, which is interesting because they did kind of tend to do that the last few years. In fact, one of the, I think, better things that the uh, Rams running game does this year is set up play action, you know, continues to feed the pass in that way. Yep. Uh, I don't know how well the Packers have been against play action compared to just regular dropbacks this season, but they don't get burned by play action uh, a ton. It seems like they tend to play pretty disciplined uh, passing defense, especially if you don't look at last week's numbers. Yeah, if you don't look at last week's numbers, it's a lot better. And if you get rid of week one, it's even better. But, uh, you know, yeah, the, 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 the Packers have not been burned by play action as much under Joe Barry's system. I think right now this team, the, the, the players on defense understand the system. They do a very good job of uh, knowing when to pass players off into a different zone when they're playing that predominant zone uh, man match system. And, you know, everybody's on the same page. The one thing you got to say about Joe Barry, and a lot of people questioned his hiring, uh, you know, in the offseason because of his past track record, this team understands their assignments and executes them consistently well. You're not seeing those big breakdowns that we saw so much under Mike Pettin, where all of a sudden, the safety is so out of position and it's a 45-yard gain. We're not seeing that very much this year at all. And that is a big part of the success of this defense this year. Now, the Rams offense uh, has been really good all year up until the last two games they played. They put up 26 combined points against the Titans and the 49ers. Uh, and across those same two games, they gave up 59 points on defense. Um, poor performances on both sides of the ball two weeks in a row, but they did get the bye week to rest up and game plan for the Packers. Matt Stafford has 24 passing touchdowns so far this year. Nearly half of those have gone to Cooper Cup. This is uh, an Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams um, uh, equivalent, I would say when you look at how the other uh, receiving threats on the team are contributing, it's pretty much Cooper cup. And then maybe you get a little contribution from somebody else here or there. Well, I, I think we will see more Odell Beckham this week because he's had that bye week to learn more of the offense and get a little more comfortable with uh, Matthew Stafford and, and with his role in the offense. So I, I think we're not going to see, you know, Odell completely comfortable with the situation, but I do think we'll see more of him than we saw two weeks ago in the loss to San Francisco. Yeah, well, he only played 15 snaps in that game. 11 were passing snaps. He was in on four run plays. Part of that, I think, is that the Rams don't run it very often. Right. Part of it, though, is that, or I should say part of it might be that when he is not on the field, maybe you considered that that might be a run play. I don't know. Uh, it's really small sample size. You're looking at very basically a half of a game. It's too, too uh, small a sample size to really have any meaning. I think at this point, probably, probably uh, turning our attention to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the linebackers are horrific. These are two of the worst linebackers in the league in Ernest Jones and uh, Troy reader. 
interesting because Troy Reader, I thought, had a pretty decent year last year uh, under Joe Barry. He has been just horrible this year. Um, but you know what? They make up for it in other areas, particularly uh, <laughs> their defensive line. Aaron Donald is uh, once again the uh, best defensive lineman in football. No surprise there. He's good at literally everything. He's a freak pass rusher that you do have to be quite concerned about. Now, last year, Elton Jenkins single-handedly shut him down at left guard. He's not here this week, so Royce Newman and John Runyon and Lucas Patrick, you guys are up. Good luck. (laughs) Now, you also have newcomer Von Miller. Uh, The good news for the Rams is that Von Miller is basically still the same Von Miller he's always been. Uh, he's playing at an incredible, uh, level still, uh, thought he was played, uh, pretty, pretty well. The, the last, I think two weeks since joining the Rams, uh, two, three weeks still playing quite well. That duo is a big problem. And of course you still have, uh, Leonard Floyd on the other side of the line, who is also, uh, a big issue. And another underrated guy would be Greg Gaines, the one of their defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that not many people have heard of. He's just kind of solid all around. Um, he's gets the job not, done. Not super flashy, but he gets the job done. Uh, playing, you know, pretty much what Dean Lowry has been for us this year. He's about that, but slightly better. And uh, Ashawn Robinson also there. Uh, another guy who. Um, I would say is is equivalent to, uh, you know, what we're getting from some other 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 guys a little bit better than Tyler Lancaster, uh, not quite mm-hmm. as good as Kingsley Kiki. <laughs> Their defensive backs are sort of suspect. Uh, Taylor Rapp is having a bit of a down year. Uh, Jordan Fuller is an interesting player because PFF really likes him, but they like him because of his run defense grade. Yeah. He's good Um, in the box. Very good in the box. Very, very good in the box. And interestingly, the Rams don't need to load the box up very heavy, very often because their D line tends to get the job done. But if they need to, then Jordan Fuller is quite lethal there in um, every other facet of the game. He's not a liability, but he's not, special either and then uh jalen ramsey is kind of having a bounce back year uh i didn't think that uh, the last couple years since leaving well really since 2017 i I felt like he had several down years 2020 he's or 2021 he's back up to his jacksonville uh level performance uh quite good uh pff has him solidly as their best cornerback in the league this year Number one in coverage, number two in run defense, number one overall. But opposite him, Darius Williams having a horrific year. He was absolutely a stud last year. Really good, scary player. Uh, this year, it's 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 Kevin King, but not 2021 Kevin King. More like 2020 <laughs> Kevin King. That's who Darius Williams has turned into. Uh, Rodgers has to attack Darius Williams. Um, it's going to... It's going to be an interesting cat and mouse game between Devonte and Jalen Ramsey. You got the number one wide receiver against the number one corner. Devonte made short work of him last year. I would say very much embarrassed him. 
mm-hmm. he's got to do it again. Just because you won last year uh, doesn't mean that you could just coast off that. You still got to get the job done again this year as well. Yeah, that's going to be a matchup worth watching. I mean, I, I am looking forward to watching it and then 24 hours after the game, watching the All-22 and just sort of focusing on some of the plays between Ramsey and Devante. When you have, you know, two of the best in the league at their respective positions going head-to-head for a good portion of the game, you know, that's the game within a game that coaches and, and, and in you know, intense fans who like to watch these matchups, it's worth the price of admission right there. Absolutely. I, I think they're still going to double Devontae mm-hmm. because, because even with Jalen Ramsey, I think it's stupid not to double Devontae. But that means that the rest of the secondary who are not fantastic players are going to be uh, short a guy trying to cover our remaining receivers. This maybe is a game where you could, especially given that their linebackers are not, I mean, barely NFL quality, I would say, which is maybe too harsh, but, uh, but I mean, it's, it's they're not outstanding. Line. Let's put it that way. If you can work your tight ends into the game, uh, Deguara, Mercedes, if you can, if you can spare them from assisting the offensive line on a passing play here or there, that is an opportunity you could take advantage of for some cheap yardage. Um, MVS and Cobb. I, I kind of feel like Cobb has been a bit of a ghost recently. Honestly, uh, EQ seems to have stepped up and taken over that number two receiver job in the last couple weeks here. Uh, MVS, I was I was a little concerned last week with Rogers trying to force the ball to MVS, and I get it that MVS has been out for a few weeks, and that there was a a matchup there they thought they could take advantage of. But it wasn't really working for a lot of the day. And even though it did work a couple times really late in the game, how many drives earlier on were killed because, you know, it's it's uh, third down and we bomb it 30, 40 yards down the field to MVS and miss him. Yeah. Uh, and he had to get off the field. Look, he had 10 targets and only four catches. And that's not uh, a good percentage. It did pay off late in the game. You had the long touchdown pass that that tied it. But uh, it was a low percentage play that they kept going back to. Obviously, you know, Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett, they saw something in that matchup that they liked. But I'm going to tell you something. This week, and I don't know what the situation is going to be, but it would be very, very helpful for the Packers to have Alan Lazard back. Because you, you talked about the tight ends trying to get across the middle and the possibility of having to try to block, you know, not having to put the tight ends in to help Yash Nyman. You get a guy like Alan Lazard. He can help block. He can also command the middle of the field. And he, by having him in the game, he can give you more options as to how you chip a guy like Aaron Donald or Von Miller or Leonard Floyd and still get enough people out into the pass rush. So, I don't know if Lazard is going to be back, but I think if he is, his blocking ability and ability to get open over the middle are two things that could be a big, big help for this football team. Yeah, it's an excellent point. Uh, you know, here, let's uh, let's sing the praises of a couple of guys who have been flying under the radar recently. 
Um, one guy we got to give a little bit of credit to Royce Newman uh, was playing so poorly a few weeks ago that you and I were both calling for him to be benched the last two games. He's played quite well, actually. Uh, good to see that growth from him. Um, I Kudos to his coaches for helping him ID uh, some of the issues in his game. He needs to keep that up and keep improving. Uh, Josiah DeGuara is another guy who had, I think, a really slow, sucky start to the season and has been playing pretty good the last couple of weeks. Uh, was it this past week that he caught his his uh, first career touchdown? Yes, yes. Yeah, excited to see that happen as well. Um, and then also uh, EQ. I mean, this is a guy who got cut by the Packers earlier this year because he was playing so poorly. He was on the practice squad. He got elevated for a few games, used up all his ele- elevated what in the word. What in the world am I trying to say? His eligibility. Thank you. Elevation <laughs> eligibility. That's why I couldn't say it. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and we were not uh, impressed with what we saw from him during those elevations, but he won a roster spot back and has been playing quite well. Nice to see him turn that on and see he still has something left in the tank. And it's nice to see that it happened as a as a member of the Packers and not, you know, after getting picked up by some other team. That would have just stunk to really, you know, have him kind of flame out here. And then he gets picked up by, oh, I don't know, the Lions and then has a resurgence in his career. Doesn't <laughs> every nice ex-Packer get picked up by the Lions? I mean, isn't that like almost a rule of physics? I mean, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's it's Lambo. You can't say Lambo South and you also can't say Lambo Lambo East, I guess. Yeah, Lambo East. Yeah, I actually live in Michigan. I. It's weird for me to think of Michigan being, being considered east. But we are to the east of Wisconsin. Yes. Um. All right. So Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. No surprise that those are the players that we would highlight and say are issues for the Packers to keep an eye on. Uh, if you are surprised by those things, then I would suggest maybe watching a few more football games. <laughs> but uh Definitely are some matchup advantages here that we've highlighted. The Packers could take advantage of, especially attacking those linebackers. Um, Definitely the defensive line makes the job easier for those linebackers. They don't have to play quite as much cleanup when Aaron Donald and uh, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd and Greg Gaines are all taking care of business up front. It's nice. You can kind of sit back and not have to do very much. And and they certainly don't do much. So if you can't attack them, that's the (laughs) way to do it. They're good at it, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're good at doing not much. Right. (laughs) I saw some, some bears reporter wrote the other day that the bears need a win in the worst possible way. And I said, well, they usually do win in the worst possible way. So it sounds like they're, they're all set there. (laughs) Well, and they play the lions. So that helps too. Uh, Okay. Do you, do you think here the Lions are playing the Bears? This is obviously going to be one of the worst football games of the entire season. Um, I think the Lions maybe have a real shot at beating the Bears. Just they the do. way the Bears have been playing, how can you not fire Matt Nagy if you lose to the winless Lions? Yeah, you, you know, I think you can make a pretty strong case for that. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the worst thing for the Bears here would be if they do beat the Lions then and and keep Matt Nagy. But uh, any any way you slice it, 
his not days good. are numbered. His, his days are numbered. You know, one one other thing that I think we need to sort of focus on for this game, uh, and and the Packers got away from this a week ago, but understandably so, given the fact that they were losing early and the fact that they were uh, they, they they always were with these penalties in you know first and twenty, second mm-hmm. and Long fifteen. Artists. Run the football. The the Rams run defense is vulnerable. And I, I think the Packers can effectively run the football on the Rams this week. But AJ Dillon has to be equal to the task and they can't get away from the run, especially because you need to set up the play action pass, set up the quick rhythm pass, because you're not going to be able to take too many five and seven step drops with this right. offensive line going against that pass rush. Well, and, and you bring up uh, you bring up the key point there. The offensive line has to run block better. They are, I mean, absolutely. The Packers offensive line right now in terms of run blocking is bottom of the barrel. You cannot get much worse at run blocking than what these guys are doing right now. I'm not sure how many leagues, uh, uh, offensive lines in the league are um, doing a worse job right now than the Packers have been this season at specifically run blocking. They're they're doing okay uh, pass blocking, and that's great because you need Aaron Rodgers upright. But I mean, Lafleur is actively not running the ball right now because a lot of the time it's it is um, ineffective. Over the course of the day, A.J. Dillon breaks some awesome runs, and he's a very good running back. But too many times you get into these short-yarded situations where it's third and one, and A.J. Dillon is getting hit in the backfield. Yep. And you can't do anything with that. The, the offensive line is struggling to stop some of the worst defensive lines in football uh, in terms of run blocking. It is a massive problem, and yes, LaFleur needs to run more, but also the offensive line needs to do a better job of run blocking better so that uh, LaFleur feels comfortable calling those run plays. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I think it's going to be particularly critical this week against the Rams, particularly critical. Very fair. All right. Um, Give me your score prediction. Who is going to win this game and uh, what's the final score? I think the Packers find a way at home in the cold 24-21 Packers. So this is going to be another week where no matter who wins or loses between you and me, uh, we're not going to have a, a, uh, neither one of us is going to make major ground over the other because we're going to have very similar scores here. I am taking the Rams to win it. Uh, I'm going to say, 21 24 so the same score prediction as you i'm just flip-flopping uh who i think is going to win this one and and i i will say i don't i don't feel super strongly that the packers are going to lose this i think it is well within their reach i just think it's an uphill battle and if they win it i'll be very impressed and excited but i'm I'm not i'm not going into this feeling depressed i'm just saying "Hmm, i think i think just there are enough factors in the Rams favor. I think they do have enough advantages over it that they should win. And it would be a little bit embarrassing for the Rams if they don't win. 
Fair enough. All right. Anything else you want to add, Mr. Martin? I just want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and a, and a great Black Friday and looking forward to a much needed bye week next week for this football team. Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, this is one of the few times when I'm not really going to miss the Packers on the bye week because I'm just going to be happy that they are resting, yeah. not getting more banged up and more injured. Uh, announcement. Pro Bowl voting has opened. Make sure you get in there. Uh, a couple guys who I think absolutely deserve to get in there and are well behind in the voting need your help. Devondre Campbell, uh, Devonte Adams. Actually, right now, Devonte Adams is fourth in Pro Bowl voting, and that is the uh, highest positioning of anybody on the entire Packers team in Pro Bowl voting. Listen, if Devondre Campbell does not get a Pro Bowl nod, throw the Pro Bowl away. That, what a <laughs> waste of an award. Uh, so make sure you go vote. Uh, you do that at NFL.com. Uh, vote for everybody except for our long snapper. I'm teasing a little bit, but <laughs> look, I don't know if Mason uh, Crosby's getting too many votes this year, but yeah, no huddle radio and dunking on the Packers special teams name a better combination. Alrighty. <laughs> That's it for today. Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody we will be right back with you here next week on the Packers bye week We're still going to do an episode. Follow us on Twitter at Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. You can also email us at askinohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com